welcome to the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Rose, and business success and mindset coach, speaker, corporate dropout turned entrepreneur, and the host of the Embodied Coach Masterclass. And I am on a mission to inspire as many people as I possibly can to step into their power, recognize their unconditional worthiness, and ultimately build a life they are absolutely obsessed with. And through this podcast, I will be spreading my message along with some powerful guest speakers, and we will be talking all things business strategy, mindset, manifesting, and of course, making your success a pleasure-filled experience. So join us in making our reality exceed our wildest dreams. Hello, my loves. We're back with another episode. Woot! And this one, oof, oof, it is good. I cannot wait for you to listen. And you're going to be learning from the beautiful and powerful couple, Roberto Martinez and Amanda Rassam, also known as the conscious couple. Roberto is a men's mindset and relationship mentor, and Amanda is a woman's sex and intimacy coach. And together, they are redefining the standard of relationships for both single and couples, helping you to create loving relationships where you no longer have to worry about making the same mistakes and experiencing the same heartache you used to feel. I'm so excited for you to learn from them, and I love their outlook and perspective on successful relationships and what it actually means to be a part of one. And so that is all about what you're going to be learning today. (laughs) You're going to learn about what a successful relationship actually is, self-liberation so that you can find that successful relationship, unconditional worth, keeping the spark alive in the bedroom, and even how you can inspire your partner to grow with you and be in their power and be in their pleasure. So I do invite you to invite your partner to listen to this podcast alongside each other so you can both be activated and grow and evolve and learn from these two beautiful souls, Amanda and Roberto. I will say that my microphone was not working, so the sound is a little bit off compared to all the other episodes, but that's not to worry. The value is still there. It's still still so powerful. And um, really give this your your focus and attention because as Roberto always says and Amanda that he they say together you know your relationship defines the the quality of your life and I think that that is so powerful and so important for you to really grasp so have an open heart have an open mind as you enter into this podcast and I hope that you enjoy it hi Amanda and hi Roberto Hi. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to the Pleasurable Success Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here to be providing as much value as you possibly can to my beautiful audience. So for the listeners, I'm so excited to be introducing to you Amanda Rassam and Roberto Martinez. Together they are the conscious couple. And today we're going to be jiving all about successful relationships. So nice. Amanda and Roberto, would you like to introduce yourselves? For sure. So my name is Roberto Martinez. My name is Amanda Rossam. And we are the conscious couple. So uh, my specialty is I am a men's mindset and relationship coach. And I uh, work with women and ignite women to empower their most 
radiant, authentic, unapologetic expression, mm. um, and especially through sex, intimacy, and pleasure. Yeah, and she's incredible at it. <laughs> and together, really what we do is we help singles and couples unblock themselves from creating the intimacy and the love that they crave. And we've been doing that for how long now? How long? In this lifetime, about <laughs> two years. <laughs> yeah, about two years now. Um, it's so incredible to just play a role in watching people liberate themselves. Yeah. Um, and that's just a little snippet into who we are and what we do. Yeah. Amazing. Well, you're so happy to have you here. You guys are so yummy. Like your energy is so yummy. You guys have beautiful faces. Like this is just, I know the listeners can't see, but you guys, they're beautiful. It's like, oh, <laughs> so happy to have you here. You're welcome. I, really enjoy, I enjoy being called yummy. I'm like, mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the vibe I'm going for. <laughs> I love it. That's that's the vibes here at the Pleasurable Success Podcast. <laughs> um, but I love the work that you guys do. So you said liberate people. Mm -hmm. How do you do that? What does that look like in a relationship? Oh my goodness. So it's all, it's all context dependent. Everyone is different. Uh, but how do we go about how, and, and, and the key word is we help people liberate themselves. Yeah, totally. Right. We don't liberate them. People come to us the other day, someone was talking to me and they're like, like Roberto fix me. To which I said, no, like you are not broken. You are a whole beautiful human being. You just forgot along the way, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so what we do is um, we really are good at pointing out um, areas in, in the, what am I trying to say right You're now? trying to say that we are the mirror to their Thank inner you. experience. We are really good at, um, metaphorically turning that one screw like when you think of that metaphor of you know the mechanic that enters the building and you know the the printing presses off and they find that one screw they turn it and they go and that was ten thousand dollars and they go oh my god but it was one screw it's like right but to know where to look and to know how to do it that is the expertise you're you're ultimately paying for and and mm -hmm. the way that we um show up is that we are the mechanics of that experience in relationship We've been through the ringer of relationships um, totally. and we've healed through it and continue to heal through it. And um, so it's very clear for us um, when we're working with someone that liberation comes from our own uh, experience of pain that we've yeah. been through, that we know how to, we knew that we couldn't continue. Um, we wouldn't have the life that we wanted continuing the same things we were doing. Yeah. So we had to liberate ourselves. And in doing that, we then go, okay, great. Now let's show other people how to do that. Let's show them how to find that one, that one little screw that just needs a little turn. Mm -hmm. And that will be the mirror for them to liberate themselves. Well said. Amazing. Beautifully said. Yeah. I love it. So you, you're handing them, you're handing them all the tools, all the resources, all the insights they need, and it's their job to apply them into their life so that they can remember their unconditional worth. They can understand that they're not broken. They just need to realize that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's totally, it's, I think that that word that you said there, remember is mm -hmm. could not be more accurate because you know, we, we hear this in the spiritual community and I'm sure um, we've, we've talked about it you know, both of us and our own respective audiences is this idea that like, 
we have everything that we need. It's all within, but we show up in this world as like that, you know, quote unquote blank slate, so to speak, where we've almost like forgotten all of our soul's wisdom. And it's this lifetime mission of rediscovering what the soul has to share with us and all the juicy nuggets that are, that are already there. You know, it's like these hidden gems that we get to find. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's so cool too. And maybe this is something that you guys do with your clients, but I'll, they'll ask me a question and then I'll ask them, well, what would you respond to your client? <laughs> How would you respond to them? Because the answers are already within them. They have those totally. answers. Totally. Uh, amazing. And so how does liberating yourself affect your relationship? I want to start diving into the relationships. Woo, I know my audience is going to love this. <laughs> How does liberating yourself affect our relationship? You can only go as deep with another human being, as deep as you are willing to go within yourself. Ooh. Ooh. Right? Yeah. right? So a lot of times I remember this, this story. This was a, a, a clear indication in our uh, relationship of liberation where um, I grew up where I adopted the story that my expression leads to abandonment, leads to rejection, right? So many people can relate to that, right? So for a long time, I had this mask on, like I was pretending to be a certain way because I thought that's how other people wanted me to be. Because if I acted in the way I thought you wanted me to be, then you would accept me, right? Mm -hmm. And so in the first year of our relationship, I remember I had, there was this one, one morning where I, I woke up at like four 5 a.m. I was on like maybe one hour of sleep and I was just riddled with anxiety and I didn't quite understand it. And so instead of talking about it with my partner, with my beloved, um, I did what I always did, which was just run away and hide. Right. So I went to the back room and I'm trying to like quietly cry to myself. <laughs> just weeping silently. Right. Like it was, it was just really sad. And and then, you know, Amanda wakes up and and she's like, babe, like, where are you? Like, come, come here. And so I sit down on the bed and my head is literally turned away from her. Like I'm I'm doing my best to not show her this pain that I'm experiencing. Right? Because if, again, the story in my head is if I show her this pain and she's, how could she love me? Mm -hmm. How could she love me like this? And so she, she puts her hands on my heart and turns my head to her. So she sees my face. I literally my, have chills all over my body already. <laughs> this was, this was a massive moment of liberation for me. And so she turns my head so she can see my face, but my eyes are closed because again, I'm doing everything I can to hide this side of me from her. And then she, she, she gives me the greatest gift she could ever give me, which is unconditional acceptance. And she says to me, she says, let me see you. I open my eyes, I'm bawling. And as she's crying, she has the biggest smile on her face and she says, I want to see all of you. I want to love all of you. I don't just want to love you when you're good, when you're happy. I want to love even this side of you. And then at this point, I'm a mess. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, like, how could you love me? And so that moment was incredibly liberating because I was able to show her a side of my pain. And all she gave me was unconditional acceptance and love. 
So on the topic of liberation, like there's been so many moments in my life leading up to that moment where I've had to break down and experience that type of pain with myself, which prepared me to be able to share it with her and to prepare me to have the type of relationship where I'm fully accepted as I am, mm-hmm. right? If I didn't do the work to look within myself, to accept myself, to deepen my relationship with myself, that I wouldn't have been ready to have this connection with such an amazing human being. Mm-hmm. Mm, I love that. I just want to screenshot that little picture right there. That was so sweet. Oh my God. What a powerful moment. And Amanda, for you to provide that space for him to provide him with that unconditional love and acceptance speaks to the human that you are. Um, Yeah. You're so, you're so welcome. I love this. Um, You know, I think that there are a lot of people who give and receive unconditional or conditional love. Right. And I've absolutely experienced this myself. I've I'm I'm really becoming conscious to the fact of like, where am I operating out of conditional, like very conditional in my relationship, in my life, in, in, for my family, friends, everything. How can someone go about shifting from like very conditional, whether it's love, whether it's freedom, whether it's worth all those things to experience like wholeness and completion and enoughness and full on acceptance of their relationship with themselves, all of that. Cause that's yeah. so big. It is. It's huge. And I think that that's, it's like, even that question, like, I'm like, okay, how do I answer this? It's like, okay, well, Amanda, like, you're not going to have the answer right away. Mm. Right. It's like the conditions are not always conscious. Right. So it's like, you might, you might unravel all these conditions and, and start, um, unpacking them and going, okay, I'm going to find freedom in these things. And then right as you're like, okay, nailed it. Like now I'm no, no longer conditional on these things. It's like the next layer of conditions show up and you're like, holy fuck, this runs deep. Like it still goes. Yeah. And, and that happened actually just this week with us, with our business where our, Roberto is like stepping so beautifully into his masculine in our business. And um, there's such a letting go and a surrender for me to just like, be like, yeah, like he's got, he's got us, yeah. you know, like he's got my back. Like I can just like receive and show up and receive. Yeah. And is that, and scary? is that scary for you, Amanda? It is. It's so funny because it is. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I had a moment yesterday where I was kind of shell shocked and I'm like, I'm actually receiving the very thing that I've asked for and there's still resistance. Mm-hmm. And so having that compassionate patience for yourself, as you reveal these new conditions, um, to work on one at a time and go like, it's not like there's any expectation for you to like, you know, find out what unconditional love means within like the span of a year. Like, it's like, okay, you nailed it. You know what unconditional love is now. It's like, life is going to throw you a lot of curveballs of all kinds of new conditions. And um, you're going to learn to liberate yourself through those conditions. You know, the conditions of even like um, familial relationships where like with family, like it's like, you start to see how when you really step into your own sovereignty, into your personal integrity and the ways that you want to show up, like you start to come into conflict with the people who have raised you and the people who have influenced your programming and having that ability to be like, how do I separate myself from their 
expectations, boundaries, and conditions, while also honoring and accepting that they're not wrong for that. Mm. You know, they're just in their own experience. And for me to be like, why can't you love me unconditionally the way I can love you unconditionally? Like you have so many conditions for me. And it's like, then it's clearly there's, <laughs> it's like, I'll only love you unconditionally when you love me unconditionally. It's like, that's a condition, exactly. right? Um, so it's, it's such a practice. Hmm. Um, one that we, we have to honestly, I think give ourselves so much patience and compassionate mercy for, because it's like, I think that this is one of the, the biggest lessons of life is how to do this. Totally. And, and I think to like piggyback on that, the, the simplest example I've found for me is in this scenario, if my son, if our son was feeling the way, if, so for example, in the moment where I was crying, right? When my son comes to me and he's crying, I just hold space for him and I just love him. And I ask him questions to better understand how I can support him, right? Like I do as, as best, I do as best as I can to give him as much empathy and love and understanding so I can be there for him. Yet what most people do when they're in any sort of negative emotion where they're feeling any shame or sadness, they try their best to suppress it. I was literally having a conversation with someone last night who were talking about working together. And as I was sharing a piece of my story, they were getting teary eyed and they did what most people do. They're like, no, don't, don't you cry. Right. Like, don't you show your emotions? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to cry. I'm so sorry. It's yeah. like the apology. Right. And, yeah. and they try to stuff it down to which I said to her, I said, imagine if my son was crying and I, as he was crying, I put him and stuffed him in a closet and said, when you're done crying, then you can come out and then I'll be here for you. And then I'll love you. Mm -hmm. Like that's so dark and messed up. Yet we do that to ourselves all the time. So I believe for me, what's been a really good practice is when I'm not feeling too good. Cause it's easy to love yourself right? And like yeah. go deep in yourself when you're feeling amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more challenging to do that when you're not feeling that great. So in those moments, I ask myself, if my son was feeling the way I'm feeling, how would I respond to him? And then I do my best to literally give myself that same level of compassion, understanding and love. Mm, that's beautiful. That That's such a really tangible tool that someone can take away from this podcast today when you are in the depths of your suffering, when you are <laughs> feeling like absolute crap, life is throwing curves ball, curveball at you left and right. And you're just like, what is going on? Why can't I catch a break? Can you still love yourself through that? Can you still honor yourself and provide yourself with the same love and compassion that you would for a child, a toddler, your, your son, your daughter? That's mm -hmm. so wildly beautiful and powerful. And I can absolutely say from my personal experience that when something is not going your way, <laughs> let's just put it lightly, right? When something's not going your way, I always ask myself that question is, can I still love myself through this? Yeah. And if I can, <laughs> what would that look like? Mm. Right. And the answer is always yes. It's always yes. And it's just kind of figuring out how you can tailor yourself to that, right? Tailor yourself, tailor your emotions to loving yourself through whatever it is you're going through and expressing it authentically and fully. And like, without, like you said, suppressing it, yeah. you're, you're feeling those emotions for every reason. And they're all valid. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Totally. And then as you continue to practice that within yourself, because it is such a practice, it is a lifelong commitment yeah, to learn how to deepen your love for yourself, to fall madly deeply in love with who you are, to learn how to look at yourself in the mirror and feel like you've hit the jackpot, right? In terms of, I get to be this person. I get to live this experience. What yeah. a gift to give yourself. And then as you practice that, and as you begin mastering that, then you attract relationships that reflect that back to you. Yes. Right. Let's, because, let's I've, go to that. Woo. Right? because I've learned to accept myself. I've, I've literally uh, uh, manifested this relationship where she constantly reflects back to me that she loves me and accepts me. Right. Like what a gift. What a gift. And, and, and think, I want to take it a step further and say, not only do we accept each other, but we celebrate one another. Yeah. Right. Like my job as your partner in this life is to celebrate your expression, yeah. to do everything I can to help you shine as bright as possible. And you do the same for me. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Mm. I, I I honestly want to like I don't I'm not doing video with my podcast right now but just the way you guys look at each other I'm like oh this is so good but you can hear the passion it's oozing through your voice the love it's there it's real um and it's beautiful it is beautiful as Amanda likes it's yummy <laughs> with, I think that it's like for so long I confused love with so many other things like I would confuse love with attraction or with affection or with commitment or with even like acceptance and respect um, or with liking. So it's like, you know, I was, I was muddling the waters of what love was because I think that love is something that we, a vibration that we can all feel. Um, but sometimes it's not easy to describe because we're like, well, hold on. It's not it's not conditional on whether we're like committed to each other. It's not conditional whether, you know, I even like you, like there's love is its own energy. Yeah. And I've, I've in sitting with it, like in those moments of let's say mirror work where I'm with myself and I've practiced like loving myself, I had a very deep inquiry around like, what does that even mean? What does it even mean to love myself? Because I'll sit in front of the mirror and be like, but I don't like what's happening. Like, I don't, I don't really accept or like, like the thing that's happening right now. And it's like, you can, you can only really offer yourself time and presence. And when you offer yourself that unconditional time and presence to me, that is the essence of love is like, I'm going to be with you right now. doesn't matter if you're messy. doesn't matter if I judge myself, it changes nothing. I'm here with myself. I'm not leaving myself. I will not abandon myself. And I will continue to show up instead of neglecting myself. Yeah. And that's where that love, like that practice for myself. Like I remember talking with my friend who um, we were doing some mirror work and, you know, we're standing there literally naked and I'm looking at my body and I'm like, I love my body. It's so amazing. And she's like, oh, I wish I could love my body. Like you love your body. And I'm going, listen, like, it's not like I look at my body and by saying I love it, it like changes what's happening. It's not like that's actually like, oh, now suddenly the thing that I didn't like looks different. Like it looks the same, but it's about being like, this body has gifts, Yeah. right? The sensitivity that I've judged myself for in my life for having like sensitive, sensitivity to food or sensitivity to uh, noises or all these different things is actually an energetic gift of sensitivity 
to a different realm of consciousness. Yeah. That for me to judge that based on like, oh, I don't look a certain way. It's like, who cares? Like who honestly cares when you get all these gifts? So that love is, I think about once you have a presence with yourself that, that is unwavering where you're not going to fear looking at yourself the way that, you know, you're like afraid to look at me when you're crying. It's like, it wasn't just let, um, let me see you. It was also let yourself be seen. Mm, yeah. Totally. Right. Let yourself be seen. Yeah. Don't just have me looking at you. Like let yourself receive my gaze. Let yourself mm. receive my presence. I'm looking at you. I'm with you. I'm here. And that presence with yourself is a massive step towards that liberation and relationship because you can then know that even if you're not doing it perfectly, you will commit to the idea of being with yourself all the time through this experience. Instead of trying to get out of your body, get out of your experience, get out of your heart. You are like, I will show up for me. I will be with me. I will look at me. I will love me. Even if that's messy, even if that takes forever, I will still commit. Amazing. I love how you said I will never abandon myself. Absolutely. It's so powerful. And and I mean, I, we talk a lot about manifesting here on the Pleasurable Success Podcast. And I always say the universe is always reflecting back what you feel worthy of. And it, it's just it's just a mirror. It's simply just a mirror. And so when you are feeling that sense of like, you know, life is messy, can I love myself through this? And can I not abandon myself? And when you do, when you do that yourself, right, that self-liberation that we were talking about, the universe is going to respond with a partner in your life that will reflect that back to you. Yes. Do you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's actually like foundational for our fire starter program, right? Because people come into this thinking like, okay, like this is going to be the program that's going to give me like all the techniques on like how to talk to people properly, how to find the right partner. And then when they go through the program, they realize, oh my gosh, this is really about learning how to live in my sovereignty, which for us means to live a life independent of anyone else's approval and or validation. Let me say it again for the people in the back. (laughs) Imagine living your life independent of anyone else's approval. You're actually learning how to be yourself. And as I fully accept myself, and as I fully learn how to be the person that I am, now I'm attracting people who actually love me for me. Right. And then we see people who, as they learn to really accept themselves and celebrate themselves, like just the other day, we got a message from someone who said something to the effect of, um, I'm so grateful to you both because you've helped me unblock myself from the the amazing relationship that I'm in now. And we didn't do it. They did it themselves. Yeah. Right. It's like such a gift to learn how to fall in love with you. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm. Okay. I have a question for you guys. Okay. No, everyone's like wanting to know <laughs> what does it take to have a successful relationship? What does it take to have a successful relationship? The first thing I think is, is a, it's kind of like they're, they're teetering on the same, the same uh, totter, I guess you could say is, is belief that you can have it but also willingness because sometimes you're not going to believe something right away. Right. You're like, I know that I, maybe I could, but ah, what if I can't? And it's like, that's where that belief can be wavering. So if that belief is wavering, then it's 
am I willing to work on believing that belief? Am I willing to be like, I may not believe this now, but I'm committed to believing it. Yeah. Right. So that's, I think step one is like, either if you're right there being like, I'm claiming this, I'm claiming that I believe that I can have this yes. enough's enough. Like I'm fucking done. Like I want this. Right. Um, but if you're not there yet, it's like, okay, so are you at least willing? Mm. Are you willing to have that? Like, is that something you're willing to have? Yeah. And once that willingness is there, willingness is like, honestly, like such a defining factor in whether relationships work long-term or not is, totally. are you willing? Because if one person's willing and the other one isn't, it does not matter how much effort you put in. One person is carrying that relationship. The other one is just riding the coattails. Yeah. And oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say uh, the two things that are, are really loud for me right now is number one is like both partners need to recognize that they are whole without the relationship, right? Totally. Like I'm a whole individual and you are a whole individual. You are not my other half. You are not my better half. You are whole. I am whole. And then together we're choosing to grow together which ties into the second one, but I'm going to be more specific because we hear this all the time in the relationship space, right? You either grow together or you grow apart. Um, but I'm going to, it's about growing through the storms. Mm -hmm. Okay. And storms is just another way of saying conflict. Conflict shows up um, all throughout life. It's just a part of life, right? You can't, you can't avoid you it. You cannot avoid it. But the, the thing that's interesting about conflict is that it does one of two things for all relationships. It either creates distance between two people or it strengthens the bond, okay? And the difference between the two, in order to create distance through conflict, one person has to decide, mm -hmm. right? If there's conflict between you and I, Sarah, it just takes one of us to say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore and then I'm out. No matter what, no matter what one, the other person says, it doesn't matter. If I decide to create distance, I'm going to create distance, well, that's right? True. That's so true. But if we want to strengthen the bond, it takes both of us to decide that we are going to get stronger as a result, that we are committed and willing to grow through this conflict. And we believe that it's only going to allow us to get closer together. And if you have two people who recognize that they are whole, they celebrate each other's expression truthfully, and they're willing to grow through every storm that shows up, you will have a successful relationship. For Amanda and I, our three top values, and we said this to each other at the beginning, is respect me, love me, and grow with me. If we can do those three things, we are committed for life to this. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think that word success is also like, what does that mean for you? Because mm -hmm. success for me is not about being like, we made it, like till death do us part. Like, nah, we're, we made it through life, even though we were miserable. Like, that's not success to me. I'm it's not success to driving this right now. This is really important. So listeners really re listen to what she's about to say. I know it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> it's like success is not about making sure the relationship quote unquote lasts because if the relationship lasts, but it isn't, it, it, the fruit is not worth the squeeze um, or the juice is not worth the squeeze. It's like, well, mm -hmm. what if there was, what if there was a lesson in this experience where um, it wasn't meant to be a lifetime relationship. It was meant to be a season or a reason. Yeah. And I think that the six, for me, this success in relationship is all about elevation. It's being like, I am here to elevate myself 
And I'm also here to elevate you and you're doing the same for me. Mm-hmm. And it creates um, a very uh, amplified experience. Amazing. Yeah. So it's like, I, I, I know that I could be more successful on my own, but it's like, why wouldn't I leverage the success of both of us and vice versa? Yeah, that is so, that's so good, Amanda. Success is subjective, you know? It, it's not like it has a, a direct meaning. Everyone gets to determine what their own success is. And mm-hmm. one thing that you just said that was so powerful is even a relationship that doesn't last can still be successful. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I look, I look back at my past relationships and I mean, I called off a wedding. I mean, I, I had the whole wedding planned and it was this whole big thing and I called it off, but I did that because I knew that it had run its course and it was successful. I learned so much about myself. My partner learned so much about himself. We understood that we were not a right fit. However, we still loved each other through that. And to going back to finding your, like being in your own sovereignty, right? Like we were able to find that with each other, but separately, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just so important just because your, your marriage or your relationship, it doesn't last forever. That doesn't mean it was a failure. Totally. Exactly. And sometimes the relationship is like begging to shift. Like, it's not that it's, you know, it's not like because you separate or divorce or break it off that suddenly it was a failure. It's like, and failures, we say like fail first attempt in learning. It's just like, we're learning something, we're shifting something. So, I mean, the relationship we're in now with, with Roberto's ex-partner, like she's family to us. She's here right now. She's with our son. Like she's right now working out in our basement. Like we have a whole different relationship with her. And that had, you know, had the two of you been like, we're going to cling to this idea of what marriage is supposed to mean to us. We would forget the fact that there is a different spiritual um, connection and com- commitment that you still hold right now. Like you're still committed to each other for life, just in a very different way. Mm-hmm. Right. You, we have a son, you have a son with her. So mm-hmm. it's like, regardless of a wedding ring, you are still committed to that relationship. Totally. Right. And you can choose to suffer through it for the rest of your life and have like a super damaging and challenging relationship with your ex, or we could just make this work. Why wouldn't we choose the easier path of least resistance? That's right. And like, Again, this ties back to what you were saying earlier. It's not just making it work, but how can we do everything we can so these relationships thrive? Yeah. Because there is a difference. I don't want to settle. We don't want relationships that we tolerate. We want relationships where we are celebrated, where we celebrate one another. That's the word for this year is celebration. Yes, yes, totally. So why do you think that people do choose suffering or they do choose to settle? Hmm. Well, I think that it's easier to suffer with someone than to risk being alone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, I think that's that seems to be the, the theme. I think all of our fears are rooted in a fear of ending up alone and dying alone, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to, to be, to present myself in a certain way. Uh, I'm going to accept this relationship that I'm not happy in, that I'm miserable in, but it's better than being by myself. Well, that's, and I'm going to challenge that because it's, it's not easier. 
it's totally per- it's it's perceivably totally. easier totally. because they it's like if you've lived your whole life with horse blinders on and you're like this is the only way that I can go this is the only direction and you've never had a periphery of other possibilities it's like if you've seen your parents go through a messy divorce or you've you know been through the same kind of cycles over and over again and you've chosen those cycles it's a really paradigm shattering idea that you can choose a different cycle yeah and you're not at the whim of life you're not just like being thrown to the wind and oh look this is where you ended up again there is a greater plan there's a greater purpose and your ascension requires your willingness and your responsibility to it yeah so i think ego is a huge reason why people suffer because i think that sometimes we forget that there is an energetic um payoff to our suffering for us Mm-hmm. Like we have something that we're gaining in that suffering. What is that thing we're gaining? I call this reaping false benefits. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. they're, not, they're not actually good for you. <laughs> no, I love that. I'm going to borrow that. Yeah. Reaping false benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, in our world, we've, we've called it secondary gain, which is when the yeah. gain of having a problem outweighs the pain of having a problem. Mm-hmm. So the problem we have, I ask people, like they'll, they'll come to us with a specific issue and we say, well, what do you gain from that? 90% of the time, people say nothing. I'm like, yeah. oh, you gain something from it. You just don't realize what it is. And once we understand what we unconsciously think we're gaining from this problem, then we can start to meet that need in an empowering way. versus a disempowering way yeah totally it's like they sometimes they don't know any better right it's their it's what you were saying earlier amanda the belief right and we do have the ability to consciously choose to believe something different but the process to get there isn't always easy right so how how can someone begin that process of like okay i'm currently in a relationship where i'm not happy and i am choosing to stay in this relationship for x y and z reasons right I understand now after listening to this podcast that I'm reaping false benefits from staying in this relationship. What is their next step? Like, how can they actually start to have that shift in paradigm of, no, I deserve to have a healthy, thriving relationship. And that's even, that's possible, right? Having a healthy, thriving relationship is possible. And the reason I'm asking this is because so many of my girlfriends, so, I mean, me, myself in in my past life, like, I've always said, oh, there's no such thing as a healthy relationship. Wow. Wow. Okay. Brilliant question. Okay. <laughs> um, there's so many ways to answer it. Um, number one, actually, I should say the, the, uh, there's uh, one answer, and then I'll give more details on that answer. And it's two okay. words, massive action. Massive action creates permanent change. Okay. And if someone has, has had the repeating cycles of disempowering relationships, then we need to take massive action to create empowering relationships. And if I've always attracted relationships where I don't feel supported, I don't feel heard, I feel unsafe, then we know that our relationships are a reflection of what's going on internally. So if I want to deepen my connection with someone, someone outside of myself, how do I do that? I do that by spending time with them and asking them questions, spending quality time with them. So the first actionable thing that I would recommend, and this is the first task I tell every single one of our students is meditate. Mm. Meditate literally means to become aware of. So if if I'm going to get to know Amanda, I'm going to create space and time with her to just be with her. 
So step one is I need to learn how to be with myself. Mm -hmm. And that's why meditation is so powerful. And the problem that most people have with meditation is they, they'll do it for a week, a day, and feel like there's no difference. No, like this is a, a, a practice. Meditate every day, 10 minutes a day for six months, and this shit will change your life. Totally. It's a commitment to do it for an extended period of time. Uh, and then the second thing I would recommend is uh, do every that do everything you can to learn from people who have what you want. Mm. We live in this information age. Like when I was building my business, every day I was listening to when I would wake up, first thing I would do is I would listen to podcasts of entrepreneurs who are living the life that I want to live, who are making the impact on the world that I want to make. So I can start thinking the way that they think mm. so they could inspire me to adopt beliefs that they have. And through keeping them in my head all day, every day, it started shifting what i believed was possible yeah, right so meditation learn learn from the people who have what you want make it a practice to bring them into your world as much as possible mm -hmm. those are the two things i'd recommend yeah and there and i what i find very interesting about your response is that your response is quite masculine totally. it's like yeah. create the space take action, like listen to podcasts. Like the first thing that came to mind when Sarah asked this question was forgive yourself. Mm, like so very, very feminine, like forgive yourself because I know for me, I had this like, oh my God, it was like this like merciless tendency to just beat myself up like all the time. It was like the second I'd get a win, instead of just celebrating that win, I was like, Oh my God, like, how come I didn't learn this sooner? And it's like, you're taking this gold and you're looking at the dirt and you're like, why is the dirt not gold? And it's like, you're holding gold right now. You know, mm -hmm. like, don't, don't concern yourself with all of your failures. Focus on your past successes and focus on the fact that this is a current success that you have gained an awareness, right? It's like forgiving yourself for what you didn't know before you knew it. And, um, that once you, for, once you practice that forgiveness and it's not, it's not always easy. I know for me, like it still shows up, but it becomes a practice of, um, forgiving yourself for all the like parasitic thoughts that you have adopted as your own belief, mm -hmm. right? Cause it, they really are parasitic. Like if you, it, it's not like you hear a parent say something negative and go, that's going to serve me. I'll take that. It's literally like a virus that enters your consciousness yeah. And it takes over your program, right? So it's like being able to forgive yourself for allowing those thoughts to be your MO. And then from there, you can start to adopt new thoughts and new beliefs. And um, depending on the, the, the tool, like there's so many tools to do this. Meditation, mm -hmm. excellent, excellent idea, right? Mirror work, excellent idea. Like there's so many tools and at the end of the day, these tools won't help you if you can't show yourself compassionate mercy and forgiveness. Mm. You'll be repeating them on repeat endlessly, still beating yourself up karmically. Like yeah. you'll be beating your own ass. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I need to echo that because I'm so glad that you said that. You are so brilliant. I learn <laughs> from you every day. Thank you. Because the meditation and the listening to podcasts 
if you can't forgive yourself, it's all irrelevant. No matter what you do, like there'll be this like looming It'll guilt or shame, ego, exactly. Forgiveness really is step one. And friends, to all of you listening, I cannot tell you, especially in the past few days, I'm really like really learning how to adopt forgiveness into my life. I can't tell you how often I forgive myself for disempowering myself. Mm. Like every moment, every day, I'm like, oh, I forgive myself for this. I forgive myself for attaching my worth to sex. I forgive myself for feeling like I'm not deserving of love. Like I say it to myself all the time. And it's like another repetition of liberating myself from disempowering beliefs and thoughts. It's such a underutilized and undervalued, what would you call this? Uh, like way of being key key to happiness totally like you I mean it's not it's not a shock that like you know religious scripture and you know eastern tradition like they talk about like becoming the buddha becoming you know give forgiveness to thy neighbor the way you like you know because it's like when you can forgive your neighbor like you can't do that unless you can learn to forgive yourself first like Mm. these are things that sometimes sound like so cliche Mm-hmm. But if we don't take the cliche and go, yeah, but that cliche has power. We're going to keep hearing the cliche and be like, ah, it's so cliche. Yeah. Cause you're not, you're not receiving it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's so good. I love that. You said the awareness. Yeah. Cause that is, I mean, this forgiveness, the meditation, right. Holding that space. Like that's all those things are so tangible, but it's like, you can't even do any of that if you're not aware to it. So if, if you're listening right now, and this is like really hitting a chord for you, this is really resonating. You're becoming, you're stepping into this new level of where of awareness you're ascending. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. And then you can take those additional steps that Roberto and Amanda had so beautifully stated. I mm-hmm. love that. And then I'm just going to go for this next question. You kind of dropped a little bit, Roberto. Let's talk about sex and intimacy, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone always feels they have to like warm us up for that question. They're like, put the foreplay and then we'll ask the sex. Exactly. Yeah. Save the the best for last. (laughs) So when you say talk about sex and intimacy, what specifically would you like to know? That's a good question. I want to know everything, but I'm (laughs) going to keep it direct. So I know a lot of people out there, they get into a relationship, it gets hot and heavy, it's amazing. And then all of a sudden they're in a relationship and it starts to fade a little bit. I know you guys are listening. You're like, yeah, it's the truth, right? How can they keep the spark alive? And in addition to that, I know I'm gonna ask a two-part question here. How can someone go deeper with their partner? Because personally in my relationship, when I first went into this world of going deep with myself, right? And understanding my pleasure, receiving my own pleasure, all of that. I wanted to then extend the invitation to my partner, but that was really scary for me. I was like, how, how do I do that? How do I go about extending this invitation to really understand pleasure in a whole new way and keep this passion alive? So are, are those, those two solid questions? You guys got it? <laughs> Yeah. How does one keep the spark alive? How does one deepen their intimacy with their partner as they continue to foster the relationship and deepen the relationship? Yeah. 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 Like go, um, I'm going to like extend on that, like really, um, go under, have a new understanding of pleasure because I know, I mean, we live in such a masculine world, right? So like, we're just, 
do the sex and we're done, right? How can someone invite their partner to be like, no, I want to have this be an extended, loving, sacred experience? Oof. Okay. That's incredible. I love that. <laughs> okay. How does, let's start with the first question. How does one like, uh, I'm paraphrasing, like keep the spark alive? Um, for us, it comes down to your rituals, right? Yeah. Like, like the thing about relationships is, we, we talk about, we said this earlier, one of two things happens. You're either growing together or you're growing apart, right? <laughs> and the thing about growing apart is it happens by accident. No one gets in a relationship and intends to grow apart. It just happens accidentally where all of a sudden years go by and you're like, oh my gosh, like what happened? Like, I don't know you. And it's because we didn't intentionally make time to grow together because growing together is a very deliberate process. Yeah. It's very intentional. So the way to keep the spark alive, so to speak, is you got to adopt some amazing connection rituals, right? Like how can you make sure that you are intentionally growing with your partners? Sometimes that means like, so at the end of the day, Every night, what we ask ourselves is two questions. What's your peach? What's your pit? Right? The peach is something I'm really proud of, something I'm really excited about. Sweet. Sweet, right? Mm -hmm. The pit is something that happened in my day that, you know, maybe didn't feel too good, but can turn into a peach, right? And then we leave room for a third question, and it's whatever we're called to ask the person. And it's always about evoking more of what they already want, right? So for, for Amanda yesterday, she asked me, she's like, She's like, okay, babe, so my question for you is how did you make excellent financial decisions to grow our wealth? Because she knows that's a big focus of mine. Like, I want to make sure that our future and present is secured for generations to come. That is such an empowering question because she knows yeah. it's important for us. So she's helping me focus on creating that. And she's lit in that question. She's actually celebrating me. And like, I feel lit up. I want to give her the world when she asks me those questions, when she allows me to shine, which really keeps the spark alive quite intentionally. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think as well too, it's like, we often think that the spark is like this, like passionate steamy sex, but like the spark can also be conflict. Totally. It can be something that is like, you know, you often, when you see people that aren't, um, that aren't talking to each other anymore, there's a couple different things that, that are coming up. It's like either they feel like they've said everything they've had to say and they're not being heard or they've kind of given up. And so like that spark is kind of dead. Like it's versus the couple that is like still, like, I mean, not to say, not to be like, you should fight with your partner, but at least if you're like, listen, like, why are we always in this like turmoil? It's like, at least there there is a spark there, but the fire you're feeling is not the fire you want. It's like a very... Yeah. like confrontational, like headbutting experience. Right. So to keep the spark alive, I think it's also acknowledging that like, if you are in conflict, like we said earlier, it's not about avoiding conflict and being like, where is the like hot steamy sex we used to have when we started dating. It's like understanding too, that sometimes that when we start dating someone, there's an ego experience of like, oh, sex brings validation. Sex brings like attention. Sex brings a, a presumed commitment, right? Sex brings like someone into wanting to date me. And once we actually cross that boundary, that line of, okay, I got what I want. Now sex is no longer a tool that I need to wield. Mm. And I think that it's about seeing that sex is not a destination. It's not something that you're, 
using to manipulate your partner. It's not something that you're, you know, like throwing in and out of conflict where you're going like, like, you know, refraining from sex with your partner or manipulating your partner through sex. Um, it's about having a, 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 a true different relationship with sex, right? It's about recognizing the scripts that society have offered us around sex and what sex is supposed to mean. Mm. And then imagining a time where before you even knew anything about sex, how did you approach your pleasure? Yeah. Truly like in an innocent childlike place, like, were you like, I need to orgasm? No, probably not. You're probably like, Ooh, this feels interesting. Oh, that's fun. That's playful. And when you can have more of like this innocent play with your partner, it becomes less outcome focused Mm. because there's nowhere to go. There's just a place to be. Yes. So we've had conversations where, you know, and you know, it still happens where you're like, you know, I really want to be having more sex. And I'm saying like, okay, well, let's consider that like this week we did a massage and we played around in the bath and we made out super hot and heavy. And we like rolled around and tickled each other. And then we had like super passionate sex and super spontaneous sex. And we cried in each other's arms this week. Like intimacy doesn't just look like a penis and a vagina. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you're saying this right now. This is yes. Right. Because we have (laughs) expectations. We have such heavy expectations of like, you know, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman, what it means to be in a successful relationship. And we can tend to, again, we're holding gold and we're looking at the dirt being like, why is it not nicer? It's like, recognize and appreciate the ways that you're already showing up in creating those really intimate experiences and you will naturally create more of them. But if you're looking at your experiences and going, I only had sex once this week, you're not acknowledging that. And especially I think for women too, it's like, I know for me, I'm someone who needs a lot of preparation. Mm -hmm. I need, and like, I love that. I'm such a sensitive person. Like it's a lot for me to take in. I love having so much preparation and that doesn't look like one hour foreplay and sex. It's like an entire week of experiencing to then be like, yeah, now I'm ready. And instead of judging myself and being like, well, people are having sex every day. If no, who the fuck, no one is, (laughs) who cares? (laughs) Who cares what other people are doing? What feels good for me? What feels good for me? What feels good for our relationship? And how can we have a more, I love having a more like playful and innocent experience with you, Roberto versus yeah. Like that, like it has to happen like this, Mm. you know, formula looks like ABC. It's like, what if today I want to do this thing? And it's like way more fun and hilarious. And there's no orgasm. There's, there's no even arousal, but the energy is, is so intimate and is so arousing. You know what I mean? That is so good. It's like, especially as the feminine, like it's, it's the extendedness of it. It's, it's how can you experience it and not just like do it, you know? Yeah. That's so powerful. And I know like, because of what you were talking about, these societal expectations of what sex is and what it looks like, it's like, oh, nope. Okay. Penis, vagina in, out, get there done. Right. And and you don't allow yourself to have that time of like experiencing it and feeling it and embracing it. And I'm, I think that's so important because ladies, if you're listening, like you deserve to have what you want, right? Totally. And if you're still operating from this place of, no, I just have to give and, you know, I, 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 I'm not worthy of pleasure or it's okay if I don't orgasm or whatever, like that's, you get to have both. Yeah. <laughs> 
You get to have that playfulness and extended period of time while also communicating with your partner that what you want. <laughs> Does that make sense? Am, am I on the track here? <laughs> you are. And I think it's like, for men, it's so important to recognize that like the sex that we crave, it's so much more than just an orgasm, right? Yeah. Like so men are so outcome focused, right? Like the masculine is so like, oh, there's the destination. That's where we're going. Okay. My practice has really been learning how to obliterate that, how to learn how to love the journey and make my beautiful obsession enjoying the journey not the destination and through that that's really unlocked something very powerful in me like i've always we've always felt very confident and passionate in the way that we make love but now that it's it's less outcome focused it's so much more fun and yeah. deep and playful because we're not going we're not going anywhere there's no conditions it's mm. literally like oh my gosh i want to play in this space in this sacred energy with you for as long as possible because i just want to well, not as long because as we want like right yeah, it's like totally. sometimes it's like well that was amazing now go to bed like it yeah. doesn't have to be this like it's kind of like uh yeah like a dopamine hit right like we don't want to necessarily get addicted to you know, the other day we had this amazing tantric experience. Let's now recreate that. Well, that was its own experience. Yeah. Right. And like, you know, with, with men and women, it's like women don't exist to be like masturbated into like their bodies are not just like a prop for a man to masturbate himself into. Yeah. There is a connected experience that he also requires. Totally. Like if you're having this really like I think it's called like wall, uh, wall socket sex, where it's like, I just put it in, put it out. It's like, yeah, where is his spiritual experience, mm -hmm. right? Where is his spiritual, where is his meditative experience in the Tantra of sex? Like, and I think that men are sometimes afraid to go there because they think that that's feminine or weak, or like, they're going to be a pussy if they're like super into it and making love. Like it really is like you're, you're the way we talked about loving yourself, how it's unconditional presence you are making love when you have unconditional presence with your beloved and you're just playing in it. It doesn't even have to be penetrative. Yeah. That's, and that's a beautiful transition to that second, second question too, is, I mean, and particularly, I know that there is this very big misconception about, you know, men being in their feminine, right? Um, I see this with my girlfriends a lot. I, I'm, I'm saying this because I have mainly female followers. So from a female's perspective, and both of you are, please, um, I would love both perspectives on this. How can some uh, a female invite their partner in an empowering and liberating way so they don't feel like, oh, you know, that that's for women or I'm going to be a bitch, like, you know, things, things <laughs> like that. Like, how can they empower them to explore that side? Hmm. Well, first off, it's really important to note that there's only so much you can do it has to come from him like no matter what amanda does if i wasn't willing to be seen in that moment where i was crying then i wouldn't have allowed myself to be seen like that was my choice because like i know that the key to true intimacy is accepted vulnerability it's not just vulnerability because if i'm vulnerable with you and i feel attacked now all of a sudden i don't feel safe to express myself and that can kill our intimacy right so it's my choice to put myself out there and risk 
being hurt to give her the opportunity to accept my vulnerability. And that's my choice, right? And that's a very deliberate decision. No matter what she does or says, there's only so much she can do. I have to make the decision myself. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if you have any other insights from a woman's perspective, what, you, what you've done. Um, well, I think it's, I mean, everything comes back down to energetics for me. So it, it's like, yes, you can do things for him, but also as a woman, as a feminine, honoring your partner's feminine, like me being safe and secure in him showing up in his feminine. And again, feminine doesn't necessarily mean crying. Feminine is just expression right. and freedom and wild, you know, um, embodiment. So it's like, do I feel comfortable when he is expressing? And if I'm not comfortable with that, I need to do that work. Like I need to be okay with him showing up. Cause then if I'm like, why don't you ever, why don't you ever show me what you're really thinking or tell me what you're really feeling? And then he does. And I go, what a little bitch. Like, it's like, well, now I've not created safety for him. That's right. Right. So like, we have to also as women honor our masculine, our ability to hold space the way that I hold the container of space for him to be in his emotions, whatever it looks like and be grounded in that and not get activated and just immediately be in my feminine as well. Um, yeah, your ability to, to honor the feminine within yourself will also be very conducive to honoring his feminine. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. so good. And this, you inspired this to me, thank you. Because this is the brilliant thing that Amanda did in our relationship that evoked such power within me. And what she did was she always honored herself and did everything she can to be in her pleasure as she, and it didn't matter what I was feeling. Like I could be insecure and be like, Oh babe, like when you say this, or when you do this, like when it's you, bringing up insecurity within me. Yeah. And instead of folding to that, right. She would be like, look, I love you, but I refuse to change myself because of your insecurity and what, and in doing that in honoring herself and standing in her sovereignty, it naturally pulled in me this desire to grow through this, right? Because she could have very easily been like, okay, cool. Like I won't do that anymore. And all that did, all that would have done is just keep us both stuck, right? Keep us both limited. So in Amanda honoring her pleasure, her boundaries and standing in her power, it just evoked this masculinity in me that was dying to be expressed, yeah. right? That's like the best thing any woman can do is be in your pleasure, like in your power, in love. And if the man, the masculine in this relationship attempts even for a second to hold back your expression, he is not the person for you. That shit is unacceptable. Power. And you deserve a man who celebrates your expression. Anything less than that is unacceptable. Yeah. Oh, this is so good. And I have a, um, a little share. <laughs> I have a little share because this touches like this showed up so much in my relationship yesterday. So the fact that both of you touched on this is like epic. So we're going through a huge change, like massive change. We're moving. I'm up leveling in business. He's changing jobs, like so much change. Right. And with change comes a lot of scary growth. However, he started to feel this sense of like overwhelm and, and like, it was getting to that point. Like, you know, where you, you were talking about uh, Roberto, where he just wanted to like hide this. And I had that sense of like, 
well, why, why, why are you crying? <laughs> you know, but not, not in a way of like, I don't want him to cry, but I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, why are you crying? But I, when he had, ex when, when I said that he immediately expressed like, is it okay for me to just feel like, I just need to express this right now. And that's where I came to this level of consciousness of like, whoa, like this isn't a time for me to get answers. I'm, I mean, I'm very much in like, I'm the, the masculine I'd say <laughs> um, more so in the relationship. And, and I realized at that point that I was like, I just need to pro provide the space for him. Right. Mm. And on, on the other side of this, I am very like, I want my partner to grow with me. I want us to grow together. And when I entered into this world of personal growth and development and being in my power, being in my pleasure, I wanted to be like, hey, man, like, come, come join me. I want you to do this too. But it was like this acceptance of like, this isn't like, I can't get him to do that. He has to do that himself. And I can only activate that with him and within him and inspire him to do that. And then before you know it, yesterday, he's reading, you are a badass by Jensen Sarah. And I'm just like, fuck yes. Like I did it. I did it just, just by doing it myself, like doing it for me. And I think that's so, so perfect that you guys just stated both of those. It's like having this consciousness of like, okay, maybe I'm disempowering them right now. And how can I shift that to hold the space? And how can I inspire them to take this, you know, self-improvement, self-empowerment path and, and a path of higher consciousness? Mm. Totally. Yeah. Just by shining, mm. not trying to control, right? A lot of people do that in relationships. It's, it's honey, read that book honey, do this versus yeah. trusting them, like believing in them that they got this. And just, and then all you got to do is take care of you and like do your very best to shine and trust that that will inspire them. And that often when we try to control someone, it's because we are not looking at the thing that we need to do. We're distracting ourselves by being like, I'm going to focus on why you need to grow. No, fucking focus on yourself and he'll figure it out. But you can't, yeah, him, her, whoever, but it's like, the control, when we put control outside of ourselves, that's us distracting ourselves from our own growth. Yeah. Right. So good. I, I journaled about this earlier this week. Um, my partner's currently on a trip with his boys before we go and move, move off to Colorado, which prior in our relationship, like I would feel so contracted about that, like so scared, so worried. My, my mind would totally be like, what is he doing? And playing out the worst case scenarios possible. And then I realized like, wow, I feel really good about this. I trust him. And it's because I've been able to trust myself. Yeah. I didn't trust myself before. And that showed up in me not trusting him. Wow. Congratulations on that mm. epic win. Thank you. I know. I was so celebrating it this morning. It was awesome. <laughs> it's worth celebrating. It's like, those are the wins that it's like when you, when you get that download of like, oh my God, I'm approaching this differently now to not just be like, cool. <laughs> like, really like celebration. sit with that, let it land. Like I am changing. I'm changing my relationship. I'm changing my future. It's beautiful. Congratulations. Thank you, Amanda. I appreciate you. I, I thank you guys for holding the space for me to share that one because it was awesome. And I'm so excited for those who are listening to experience that as well. And um, in whatever ways, in whatever ways that looks like for you. So I am going to ask you guys the one last question that I ask every single podcast guest. 
and it is how can someone make their success a pleasure-filled experience? Hmm. Can I answer this while you think? Go for it. Um, I did not coin this term. I don't know where it's from, but it's this idea of discipline. Ooh. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's being disciplined in your bliss. And so prioritizing the things that bring you bliss, the things that bring you pleasure and honestly, like releasing all of the conditions around like the rules that you have for that. So it's like, I don't know, like for instance, uh, doing a food protocol right now and I'm supposed to be eating a certain way. And, um, I was really, really on top of it for a couple of months. And then we went to BC and I was like, just enjoying life. And I, I've found myself like wanting to get back on this protocol, but it just hasn't happened yet. And instead of like kicking my own ass, I'm like, okay, well, how can I redefine my relationship with all my food as I eat it mm-hmm. and just be okay with that experience instead of having this rigid rule-based experience for myself. I, I know that I'm going to get more disciplined, but in the meantime, where can I find bliss in this experience? And um, I think that discipline is like this, this beautiful blending of masculine and feminine harmony. It's like the things that we discipline don't have to be rigid and, and, and stiff and, and hard and controlling. Discipline can also be the discipline we have, the commitment we have to the things that bring us the greatest joy. Yeah. Making the hard work fun. <laughs> totally. I love that answer. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. And for me, um, it comes back to something I had said earlier, which my advice to someone who would ask me that question is like, really make it your obsession to just love the journey more than you love the goal. And how I've been doing that, it's two words, slow down. (laughs) I say that to myself so much because this like franticness of needing to get to the goal or the destination that takes me away from right now, from enjoying right now, right? That's, that's, that's me, how I used to be when I made sex just about coming. Now it's a totally different experience. I'm slowing down and I'm enjoying every moment very intentionally. When I slow down, I can make conscious decisions that are actually in alignment with how I want to live. When I slow down, I'm not worried about the pile of tasks that need to get done because it's all good. Like I'm constantly reminding myself that everything is fine. Slowing down really has helped me create so much safety and bliss. I've made it a discipline of mine to slow down and remind myself that Everything I want is already here, literally in the now. That's how I continue to create more of what I want anyways. So enjoy now, make the goal, enjoying the journey more than the goal itself. Yeah. Roberto's rising Taurus. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Oh my God. Those are two powerful answers. And it truly is the foundation of pleasurable success. It's like, it's not a destination. You're here now, you're in the present moment. How can you make this a blissful experience? Now, today, because you're worthy of that now, not once you've achieved something, right? Like you just deserve it and are worthy of it because of your existence. And Mm -hmm. the more you can be in the present moment and experience like 
wow, I feel successful today now. And it feels really good. It feels pleasurable. The more you're experiencing that pleasurable success, which is what this podcast is all about. It's been such a pleasure to be here. Truly. Mm. I'm so glad you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for being here, showing up, sharing your gift with this world. Where can my listeners find you? So you can find us, uh, you can go to our website, theconsciouscouple.ca. Uh, but I find the best way to like connect with us directly is through Instagram. I'm theconscious.coach. And I'm Amanda Rassam. Amazing. And I will put all of that in the show notes so they can connect with you because I know they're going to want to after listening to all this yumminess. Thank you both <laughs> for being here and have a amazing pleasure filled day. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Pleasurable Success Podcast. If you vibed with me and this episode, please be sure to share it with someone who you know will benefit from it and take a little screenshot, post it on IG, and be sure to tag me at Sarah Rose underscore D. That way I can say what's up and slide in your DMs. And of course, be sure to subscribe so you can get notified on when the next episode drops and that you're not missing out. Get out there, illuminate this world with your magic, and remember how worthy you are of having it all.